All right, welcome to Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. I'm Jim Jam. I'm Scoot Magoo. And uh, we have got uh, a shit ton of reviews. Uh, you know, a literal shit ton. Uh, I don't know, just, just, there's enough animal excrement and human excrement probably to make up a ton, and we're going to review it all. Um, am I making sense? No. You know, <laughs> is it a possible stroke? Who knows? <laughs> Hopefully not, because I, no, I, I don't. I, I can't don't do anything so. to help. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, but but everything does taste like toast. You know, and it's, oh, it's just th- things are getting weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so let's just get straight into this. Uh, let's talk about Zonal uh, Wrecked, the new. I'm putting the timer on right now. Um, new album by. Justin Broderick and The Bug under the name Zonal with contributions from More Mother for, what, the first half of it? Yeah, um, and I guess that they... Uh, I knew the Techno Animal existed. I didn't know yeah. that they... It was the... I forget what the guy's name is from The Bug. Yeah, um, I, 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 I feel like I should, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> but, but obviously Justin Broderick from Godflesh and, and Yesu. Kevin you know, Martin. And... Uh, they have collaborated in the past. Um, they have themselves have done a variety of things in kind of the industrial, post-industrial landscape. I guess Techno Animal was more of a trip-hop-ish yeah, project. It was supposed to be like an industrial hip-hop type of thing, which I, I, I assume you've never listened to Techno Animal? No, I, I haven't... Um, I haven't listened to them, but I've listened to uh, their work independently including i think it's concrete desert it was something that the bug did with earth um and it sounds like a more laid back well i mean that's kind of an understatement a much more laid back version of what they are doing here on zonal Uh, essentially kind of um really definitely these feel like hip-hop beats but they're not i mean they're not kind of what you'd expect um i mean Mm -hmm. even more mother the spoken word quasi rapping more spoken word that she does on the first half i mean it doesn't really make it feel like hip-hop per se but that's yeah, definitely what uh, i was just gonna say it's it, you know it's it's a the, 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 there's definitely just playing around with those type of structures from you know more of a hip-hop type of feel but yeah and that, yeah. that's something that you know broderick has said you know a number of times has influenced him in the past he definitely um on some of the beats, it's on some albums more subtly, other albums more prominently, uh, with Godflesh has definitely influenced him. You can you can on some of the beats he's used, you can hear, you know, if if it doesn't you know doesn't sound like a hip hop song, but at least the, the way that he he programs the drums, you can hear a hip hop yeah. influence. Oh yeah, I'm thinking of that that opening track off of Pure, like yes, which, which I, I can't say I'm a fan of it. Like that that pretty much sets the mood of the album for me. Yeah. Um, but you know just you, you definitely get that feeling that he's he's definitely taking a lot of hip-hop influence but you know so in your review for this on heavy blog uh which was a fantastic review by the way oh, um yeah you you were pretty positive on this thing you know you thought that the structure of you know sort of dividing this thing into you know two sides uh one 
with more mother on it and then the other just purely instrumental was you know sort of a, an interesting call and sort of a uh a chance that kind of you know worked out um and kind of paid off i guess yeah i would definitely i think it's towards the end i think there are a few people like billy woods and um Montana Roberts, a few other kind of spoken word leaning people I would like to hear over this kind of production. Uh, I was surprised over which half I preferred because I love More Mother's style. I especially like her work on um, Free Jazz Collective Ir- Irreversible Entanglements. I mm. think she has some great, you know, poignant topical, um, um, you know, conscious lyrics on, on that project that they released, I believe, last year, if not the year before. Yeah, I think it was on your your best of last year. Yeah, for for jazz, so obviously not the same thing. Uh, you know, not obviously not the same genre, but I I actually preferred when they were just going to town on the second half, just doing their own thing. You know, Broderick and uh, the Bug. Yeah, it just for me. I, I'm with you there. <laughs> it, it just I I liked what More Mother had to offer. It wasn't my favorite um, of her lyrical outings but i definitely i appreciate it i appreciate her delivery um and i definitely think that she uh like i'm glad that they didn't get a you know a normal mc you know quote unquote to do because i I think it would sound odd if you just had someone actually like just straight up rapping over those beats Um, yeah i i i guess for me i I just wish that was it was someone else other than more mother in, in a way uh which I mean, to be fair, this is my first impression of her, um, and I just—it's it, not that I think that that she's bad. It was just like I, I thought a lot of the lyrics that she brought were just so like pedestrian, kind of like, like oh, page rhymes with cage, and it rhymes with rage. Oh wow! Oh fuck! I'm so deep. <laughs> like I, I, I'm like I'm sorry. I, I don't want to be salty about this but like it, it kind of felt like that in a way that like it, it just felt like it was trying to be something it wasn't um and you know not to say like like i i definitely as the tracks progressed on her side i ended up liking him a little bit more and more uh but i definitely enjoyed the second side more than the first uh that all of that being said though i really they, this was just fine with me like it wasn't like th- this wasn't something that was begging me to listen to it again um, you know, which, you know, I, I, I don't count as a flaw per se, but it's, I definitely don't count it as an asset. Um, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it, it's a fine album. You know, it's, if you're an industrial fan, totally worth checking it out. If you're a Godflesh fan, this is like required listening, I, I would say, uh, or just, you know, one of those Justin Broderick super fans, you know, but for me personally, I'm just, you know, it was it's a cool collaboration you know there's nothing about it that says like you know that 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 makes me want to like rip off the headphones Mm. uh even even at the cringiest parts of of some of more mother's contributions but like you know still it it just never it just didn't really add up to something that i was you know gung-ho over if you will yeah i i totally get that and you know my next comment's not going to be I don't mean this as, you know, if you listen to it more, you'll like it. But for me, um, that that's was my experience. I like this on first listen. And actually, uh, I was writing, usually, like, I'll write kind of the intro. Like, I have an idea what I'm going to write. I didn't actually write the subset, you know, subset of the review where I talk about the tracks. And mm-hmm. I listened to it the first time through. And 
I mainly was going to talk about, you know, I think I'm, I'm preferring the first half to the second half just because I, I like more Mother's Delivery. I agree this isn't my favorite of her lyrical performances, but I thought mostly it was pretty good. There was especially the latter tracks, I thought she was a little bit better. Yeah, but it, it definitely gets better as the, as the album goes on. But on subsequent listens, I think it was the second listen then from then on, as soon as the latter half hit, I don't know if it was just I had a lighter workload or, you know, at work when that half came on or i was just focusing more but just i was vibing to it i i I don't Mm. know what but just like it had it was the production quality was great on the the promo copy i had it just sounded phenomenal which helped aid uh, the production wise it's it's like immaculate you know for the genre that you know they're sort of dabbling in right now yeah and i felt like that helped boost you some of the musical ideas that they had i would like to hear i would like to hear other mcs on it because i i think that as kind of a first outing under this project it was kind of interesting you know here's what we sound like when we haven't you know someone you know spoken word or hip-hop or rap over us you know here's what we sound like when we're just doing our own thing i think that's cool on a first outing i hope Mm. that they change that going forward and i hope they do release more music because i really liked what they did here and you know I, i loved uh side b i thought side a was good more of a potential kind of thing for me uh, in terms of you know it had potential to to be greater than it was and i do hope that they switch it up where it flows more because it really did feel like two related eps kind of kind of like a a double album but not really a double album yeah but but it was sort of like yeah it was like companion eps almost yeah exactly because like 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 the, the production still you yeah, know. there was definitely a lot of consistency or, you know, yeah. kind of a common thread. But I, I would like to hear them because you didn't really get the, okay, here's the intro and then you have it flow. Um, I guess Massive Attack's not a great example because almost all their songs, at least on like Mezzanine, that's what I think of when I think of, you know, a trip hop yeah. you know, classic. There's almost every one of those tracks has vocals. Or like I'm Dummy, remembering. you know, yeah. every one of those tracks I think has vocals. Yeah. But, like, to have it flow where you have a few different voices and whatnot. Um, but all in all, I mean, I think if you if you like, you know, experimental hip-hop, if you like just electronic music, industrial, like, they really do touch on a number of different styles that oh, I think yeah. they bring together pretty well. Yep. Yep. Those, I, you know, I'm in total agreement. I think they do it well. You know, it's just, I, in, you know, uh, we're almost at 10 minutes, so I'll just make this my last little comment that, um... I think a lot of the albums that we listened to for this episode um, sort of fall into that camp of like, you know, they, they sort of require um, more listening. But as I'll also say with these future uh, albums that we're going to be talking about, I um, I think sometimes there's just like, I, I, I feel like if you have a limited amount of time, like I'd rather sort of spend that time somewhere else. And we all have limited time if only in like a very existential sense. So, um, <laughs> no, anyway, but like yeah. for sure, just a like quick example, uh, there are sometimes where an album, like you could tell there's potential there for you to, like you don't love it as much at first, but you can tell there's more room to grow. Like my classic example is uh, Piron mother of virtues. It was mm. kind of their breakout album. And it just, I felt it was there for me, but I just, I didn't, Yeah, it just wasn't hitting. I I think, I think that that, that's part of it though. I think that there's, there's like this inner urge to really get to the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, I just don't feel that with this album. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is is that like, obviously 
you know many albums you could you might feel hey like if i listen to this more i'll like it but you have to want like if you want it and you're like i feel like there's room for me to grow that's one thing but if you i like this i don't really want to invest more time i don't think there's anything wrong with that yeah yeah i mean i mean you know i, I and it's not like i'm, I'm not going to be that person who's going on a rant about how this is like the most overrated album of the year or something like that because th- that's just not me so mm-hmm. um Anyway, so let's move on. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Mayhem, new Mayhem album, Demon or Damon, however you <laughs> wish to say it. Uh, Ma- Ma- Can I just Matt say Damon. real quick? I I feel like they try so hard to be like the edgy, um, like we use Latin and we're like you know we're satanic. Um, I mean, it's not even like really Latin though. No, I know. Like, this is... is is like that A E and. I mean, it's 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 actually not um, no, I'm unheard of. You know, it's it's a very popular. I, I'm I might be talking out of my ass. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure that the British spell it as A E. Oh, interesting. M-O-N. Yeah, uh, but I can't verify that. Um, but like you know, they have Damus Theory, Dom Satanus, and then Ordo Ed Kyo, which I I don't know this off the top of my head, but I think both of those are improper Latin. Like I don't I don't think. That's actually how you would write the phrases they're trying to say. Latin's um, weird, you know, when it comes to um, sort of its structure. Like, I mean, I only took one semester of it, but like, I remember that like, it almost doesn't matter where the word is in the sentence. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, this is new new Mayhem album. Um, you know, Black Metal Legends Mayhem. Um, you know, I wasn't really sure what to expect going into this because you, even you were like, you know, I listened to like the first single and, you know, you, you were like, this is fine. I, I, I if I remember yep. that, that was That's your thought. right in the nose. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I've never been like head over heels over Mayhem, though I have, uh, grown to really love, uh, De Mysterious Dom Satanus. Um, you know, I, last time we listened to it for, um our album anniversary uh series um you know so i, I came in this pretty positive and the, like you know i came out of it pretty positive too i would say more positive than zonal um you know it was i i i think it was it's an interesting album and to be fair i haven't listened to any other mayhem album except for day mysterious so I, I can't really you know go through their entire catalog and compare it to anything like you will surely be able to do but um i, I thought it was it, it almost felt like a little bit of like behemoth worship in in I some places kind of with, without the death metal or well with yeah it was prominent death metal. I, I think what i what i mean by this is that i think that the production was just very chunky and like it had like a very death metalish production to it as opposed to like that like fragile icicle ridden like you know black metal sound you usually expect mm-hmm. um so like on that part of it it was a in a, I also just the um the operatic vocals and sort of the classical elements that were sort of infused throughout this thing mm-hmm. um it really reminded me of parts of the satanist uh but you know again we're, we're you know it's they're still definitely within like the black metal because i mean you don't really see you don't really hear them um going past like you know the, those tremular riffs and you know and things like yeah. that so uh but i really want to hand it over to you because you know much much more about mayhem than i do so 
Yeah, I, I, I liked this. I definitely think it's it's a good album. Uh, it, it's one of those moments. I know I've said this on the the podcast in the past. I don't really have much more to say. We, we well, okay, that's the wrong way to. Phrase. I definitely have more to say. I just in terms of of how I'd rate it, I, it's good. Um, yeah. I feel like they not necessarily false advertising. But clearly, they had a flash of, or a couple flashes of exper- experimentation earlier in their career. They've always done that wave of black metal a little bit differently. You know, part of it is Attila's vocals. Obviously, he yeah. doesn't sound like anyone else. Like he doesn't sound like your typical black metal vocalist, and that's always oh, yeah. helped them. <laughs> also, the way they write riffs, they just have a little bit. Um, like for example, on Esoteric Warfare came out in twenty fourteen. Um, no, last album, obviously, uh, was. Just the way that they structured their songs, the way that they wrote riffs was just a little bit different. It was very much their own signature style. Like, it definitely was within the black metal blueprint of, you know, the album's heyday, the band's heyday, but it just was a little bit different. Um, but they had a grand declaration of war, which had some, like, electronic moments, some more avant-garde tendencies. Uh, they had what I thought was a failed experiment on Order Ed Kyle, where they had some experimental songwriting, but it's awful, awful production which makes it virtually unlistenable. <laughs> but since then, in between those two albums, they released an album called Chimera, which was really good, you know, blast beat heavy, straightforward black metal that was, you know, really enjoyable, just, you know, just exactly what you'd expect from the genre. Yeah. Esoteric Warfare is more so along those lines, and then so is Damon. So I feel like of the three albums they released after Day Mysteri, Dom Satanus, uh, Chimera came in the middle, but that actually was probably the best um, best indicator of where the band was going to go. Because I don't really think... I think this is kind of it. I think this is like... I mean, the, not that the band members are incredibly old, but I feel like this is the style that you know, every four or five or so years they're going to come out with this kind of style. It's going to be good. It's not going to be phenomenal. Um, but I mean, it, it's definitely not like wrote like by the numbers black metal though um like you know it's i i mean you know i i don't think it's anywhere near as you know out there as you know the way you described previous mayhem albums but like this is still like you know compared to like a like barshasketh you know like this is a little more sort of nudging uh and sort of beating its head against like sort of the traditional structures of of the genre in a way I mean definitely not as avant-garde as other bands can be but still yeah I I, I agree I, I think yeah. that it definitely for the more like this isn't this isn't Death Spell Omega or anything like that you know it's not trying to be Death Spell Omega or, or one yeah. of those like super chaotic out there bands um, Blood Ass Nord yeah exactly yeah. It's, that's, it's not trying to be that uh, I, I totally agree that for just like Black, you know, black metal period. You know, no, no frills, nothing else. This is definitely the. It's the most fringe-worthy black metal album um, of the yeah. older guard because a lot of older bands have. To, I just, I felt like they had a lot of potential to. You know, I would love to have heard, heard them progress with that Grand Declaration of War sound. Like, there's a straight up like black metal trip hop song on the back end of that album that's really cool really interesting the vocals on that are really interesting the way that they structured the whole album was really cool and if they had developed that over the course of their career that would have been awesome i guess i'm just i can't shake the disappointment that i kind of wish there was still a chance 
that they would do that. Yeah. I kind of wish that there was still a chance that they would um, they would go down that route. But, I mean, uh, I'm still going to listen to this. You know, I definitely enjoyed it. It will probably yep. be among one of my one of my more favorite um, black metal albums of the year, probably on, on the kind of the, the fringe edges. Because still, even though it's not my favorite of their releases, it's not my favorite black metal album of the year, um, they definitely do this style better. Because, I mean, they've done it for so long, and they do yeah. have their own signature... Um, signature take that it's yeah you're, you're hard, hard pressed to find many more bands that are doing it, this specific style of black metal at this level for sure yeah yeah it's, it's just not like it's not screaming at you like you know i want to get in your ears kind of yeah exactly it, it's, yeah. It's, not, it's not jumping off the page but i, I wouldn't mind coming back to read the book I yeah guess. i i get you that's that's a good way of putting it so uh, I think I, I didn't even time this one, but I, I, I think we can sort of leave it off with, with yeah. that. I don't yeah. think there's anything else. Um, so so um, Leprous. Let's talk about the new Leprous album, Pitfalls. So um, prog metal band Leprous, who, you know, uh, their last album, Molina, which got both of us into the band, uh, yeah. funnily enough. Uh, well, you know, many fans were falling out of love with the band. Ironically, yeah, I, I know. I think that's the funniest thing that, like, you know, the the one album that sort of gets us into them gets everybody else out of them. Yeah, in a way. Um, I mean, just kind of makes sense in in a, in a fucked up way. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I Molina was a great album. Um, I loved how you know I, I loved the vocals in it like they were by far the thing that kept bringing me back to that album uh i just think they're just immaculate and sort of the way they crafted you know each song around those vocals i thought was just intense in a way that you don't usually hear in prog metal Mm -hmm. um you know it was just nothing short of fantastic album for me um i i'm i can't remember if it made my best of list uh a couple years ago or not but um you know it probably at least was in non-world mentions i think um but so now with this one um you know people have seen this in some ways as like a return to form at least in terms of quality uh that's what i've been seeing but you know the sound is a little bit different it's a little more like production wise i think it's a little more polished uh, the Molina, but you know, instrumentally there are a lot, you know, a lot of synths and like you know, it, it, it feels like they're taking, uh, you know, that metal side of it and they're sort of tuning it down even less mm-hmm. than before. Um, you know, and the songwriting is just songwriting was strange, and I don't mean this in a bad way. Uh, it's just that like like you you know how like with um, with Molina, like there were tracks like Illuminate that like, you know, when you get to the chorus of that, you have an idea of sort of where the song's going, like the, the trajectory is sort of spelled out for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you know, so, you know, and I, I think again, to go back to the song, like, like they, they were able to craft around those really nice vocal hooks. And I think with this, with this time around, they don't really do that. Mm-hmm. It just fit like, it felt like the vocals, like, or it felt like, the hooks they were trying right didn't exactly um you know sort of land the jump that they were taking but i don't consider that a bad thing like 
I, I really this was like the ultimate like you know grower not a shower album for me uh today or one of them anyway uh because you know i only listened to this once but i really want to listen to it again you know just because i you know the first half of it like i was like meh but you know as i kept listening to it i was like really digging it by the end i was like damn man like these guys know how to write a riff and like they really know how to put out like you know an album that you know still fits within their wheelhouse but still but but nonetheless you know tries new things so yeah for sure and i think my main takeaway or something that i couldn't shake is that this felt more and more and i don't necessarily mean this in a bad way like einar was this was kind of becoming like a solo project and i know that's a bit of a so have you listened to all their albums or yeah i i I know all their albums but like this one to me and that's a bit of an exaggeration but i felt like his vocals they've always been a focal point because he's phenomenal his vocals are amazing incredible but on this on this album for whatever reason it felt it felt even more heightened like to me there were several songs where it felt like Almost the rest of the band was was quite literally his backing band. Yeah, I, actually, now that I think about, it, like, I is it just me or like were his vocals higher in the mix than usual? Well, and that was something else I was going to bring up was that it felt like just sonically, like forget about you know how they wrote wrote you know the compositions, it felt like he just was bigger. Like everything about him was bigger, which obviously they have to you know would have to do. There's only so much oh, the human voice can project versus instruments. I'm sure yeah. I, it felt like they did mix him higher that they they kind of boosted him in some way so that he was the focal point. I mean, I think it was a good move because a lot of these songs definitely more melodic, um, definitely more of a a bit of a broader palette or at least a palette expanding beyond metal. Like even though Molina was their yeah. most melodic album to date, it felt like a prog metal album. This one, yeah. there were some songs that were just very much you know toning down to prog rock or just kind of more like new prog or just kind of melodic rock yeah um, I, I don't even know where where you would even place it because it, yeah. it, it feels like it's not like it's almost like like and, and i mean you I'm, I'm probably gonna get flack for even saying this but like sort of that atmospheric sort of um smooth type of style that jet bands sort of brought into the fold you know yeah. aside from their you know the obviously the 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 genty riffs yeah um like sort of just like that very clean you know um almost science fictionist like sort of atmosphere it, it feels like they're sort of inhabiting that space but they're not they're not bothering with like all the polyrhythms yeah no i i totally um, agree with that yeah yeah um uh, yeah i i you know i so but at the same time like i think the the, the, the songwriting is is such a point of contention for me like in just because i there are parts of it i really like like I, I love them taking these risks but i don't think they always pay off like there are a couple of um tracks within this thing that i was like like they, they just sort of surprised me um with the way they sort of constructed everything like um i'm trying to I want to say it was Observe the Train that, uh, you know, it just felt like the hook in that. It was just like you, it, it was almost like the, like, like you could feel the inertia pulling you one way mm-hmm. of this track, but they would just go in another one. And 
you know, I look like I can see the good and bad in that. It, it's just like it's it's it takes a little bit to get used to. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I also I I love the album art for this. I think it's just really cool. Yeah. Uh, even though I'm not really sure how it all sort of adds up to relate to the Buddha and, at all, but um, yeah, yeah but, it might just be kind of a just an album ha- cover for an album cover, yeah, like a hashtag deep kind of thing. I mean, I, I know that maybe prog metal has been very you know influenced by and used a lot of, of symbolisms from Eastern mythology for a long time now. That might be. Maybe they, frankly, maybe they just thought it was cool. I mean, I didn't really pick up even a lot of you know. Forget the lyrics. I didn't even pick up a lot of you know sonic vibes like that are you know a- yeah. a- Asiatic or anything like that. I will say that yeah, there weren't a lot of uh, like illuminates a great example or like for me you know uh, from the flame like you'll find me here like that's just such yeah. a big triumphant On chorus. Yeah. Uh, other than. Um, the first track, which for some reason the name is escaping me from from Pitfalls, uh, the below, lead, yeah, the the lead single. Um, other than that, uh, there weren't a ton. Like it felt like almost every track on Melina like had a big sweeping chorus. Yeah, it really did feel like they took more of a, um, not as much of the typical structure. Like you know, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a huge chorus. You know, we're gonna have you know build towards that. A lot of yeah. songs that did just kind of unfold of their own devices. Um, yeah, not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, yeah, just kind you know, of. It's it's definitely not a, it's definitely not as immediately rewarding as Melina. Yeah, that's a good way um, to put it. But you know, it's still there's still something in there that really makes me want to come back and try it out again. You know, just I mean, if only because you know every member of the like, like even though you don't I don't hear the other members of the band as much. You know, I just you you get the feeling that this is just such a tight band you know when it comes to just performing yeah you know and writing these songs so you know it's there's something really magnetic about what they write even if it's not um immediately in your face so for sure yeah all right yeah you have any final thoughts no definitely um i don't really know where this sits with me for their uh you know within their entire discography but definitely uh, enjoyed it a lot. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think their earlier discography is as infallible as some fans think they are. I mean, I, I guess now that I guess I consider myself, I qualify as a fan now because I've listened to their music enough. Uh, but I know mm. that the the conventional wisdom is they kind of have been going downhill slightly. Uh, I don't really agree, and I don't think like they had some some of their earlier like on bilateral. There's one song in particular. I think it's called like No Air or something. It sounds like a marginally above average new metal song like it has those really corny like jump the fuck up riffs and just like it's not great like um, like that's a bad thing <laughs> okay but i i mean no, like, yeah. just like i think this I, like really well thought out like melodic prog metal i would much rather listen to that than like some of the more like just dumb riffery and whatnot yeah. which is not doesn't consume their earlier stuff but i just I, I think that they i don't think that they've gotten better or worse i think they've just changed they've pursued different genres like the, their mm. first you know bilateral bilateral coal the congregation are pretty similar in style so i'm actually kind of glad that they've changed over time because i feel like the three you know they're, they're very slight sh- you know shades of the same color whereas i feel yeah. like molina and pitfalls are starting to go in a different direction so I'm, yeah. I'm glad for that and i really look forward to diving more into pitfalls because i'm you know, very positive on, yeah you know for several same, listens. same thing here 
So, um, all right, penultimate review. Um, clipping. There existed an addiction to blood. Um, so this came out, but last not last week, but the week before. Yeah, I think, I think. it's been a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and this is like Clipping's horrorcore album, and uh, yeah, I um, I'm gonna be totally honest and just come out with it. I I, I think I'm kind of done with Clipping at this point. <laughs> um, I didn't know you were ever not done with Clipping. I, th- I thought you you've never really been a big fan. I, I really haven't, but th- this is kind of like the final stake in the coffin, if if you will, <laughs> for the, for this out al- with this album. Just um, I, I'm just gonna get this over with really quick, just so you know you you can you can talk we can talk more about the positive aspects of the album because I do have a lot of positive aspects of it. Uh, but I just I feel like Clipping has always been a band that never like you know uh, goes as hard as they could. I guess, like, you know, we're, we're talking about, like, you know, David Diggs is obviously a very talented rapper. Both of the producers are incredibly talented at what they do. One of them even has a doctorate in avant-garde, like, electronic music. Uh, you know, so it's it's not that they don't have the skills to put out a great album, but I feel like every single time they've put out an album, like, it, it feels like it always lacks, or at least... It lacks in the way that, you know, compared to how people talk about it, in my opinion, just because people always talk about this being like this huge experimental thing and it's always like, you know, so abrasive and out there. And it's 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 really not like for the most part, like, like you know, it, sometimes the, 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 they'll take some chances like that, that awful song in their uh, first album with the um, the alarm clock, uh, which I just... I, I cannot stand that song. No, the, the, that that is definitely like, a, a potentially interesting idea on paper. It, it's a cool out. idea. Did it's it's just out. that like like I think if if they had changed it, you know, I, I, like I don't mind listening to that alarm clock for like you know a chorus or a verse, you know, and having to go back to that. But just oh my god, over and over again. I, th- I think what made it worse for me is that the way that they um, like. You're like, oh wow, this is what this song's gonna be. Like, okay, I guess I gotta get ready for this. And then as soon as the first pitch change comes in, you're like, okay, this song's this song's gonna be bad. Yeah, because you're, you're just like, that's that's really what they they went yeah, with. That it, that it, is the okay. Like like for for me, the, the, that's that's like the entire band in the song for me <laughs> is that like you know like like it's not that like they have the potential to have these really good ideas, but I feel like they, they never really like really go all the way with it uh and i think it, it doesn't help that david Diggs's style and sort of just the timbre of his voice i feel like doesn't lend itself to this type of production very well um you know just like that really noisy impression like he he just you know i think he's a great rapper I, I i just think he would sound better on like you know more of a traditional like beat uh than this like it, it, his he always sounds too clean if you know what I mean, even though like again, I really do love his rapping, and you know again, I I, I think he has the ability to to write some really awesome lyrics, and it's not there haven't been uh, tracks that I've really enjoyed from them like um, taking off from the from the self titled album I think is yeah, is a I really great song. track yeah um, uh, baby don't sleep you know off of uh, splendor and misery. Uh, you know, which, by the way, uh, I didn't know this until the other day, but apparently they were nominated for a Hugo Award 
Resplendor and Misery, which yeah, is the, the, a sci-fi literary award. Yeah, I mean that whole album is about you know sci-fi. Yeah, I know, but 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 like I, it could be the first album to ever be nominated for a Hugo Award. Like now that I think about it, yeah, I'm, I which bet is, it is honestly. Oh yeah, I I mean, I I think that's super cool. Even though, again, I I just I I feel like, I feel like they've always been more about concept than about actual like re- really putting in the the form to make that content really pop in a way um you know like the whole like sci-fi epic type of thing like i i just never saw the connection really with splendor and misery like it just felt like it was just like sort of like a you know a bunch of tracks that clipping did that apparently have a whole narrative to them like and so w- w- with this album like i i'll admit that i think they they do it a lot tighter with what they're doing um and you get this whole horror motif which you know on on there are certain tracks on this uh la mala or ordina um nothing is safe club down attunement those are all like i I think they're all really good tracks and they all do this like horror you know inspired sort of industrial hip-hop really well but overall i find this thing to just be really disappointing uh, just because, of, like, you know, you hear a track like like La Mala or Dina, and you're like, or or like, um, I think Attunement is the one that has a pedestrian deposit on it as a guest, and uh, like both of those tracks are just so freaking noisy and just abrasive to listen to, and I'm like, why not do a whole album like that? Like, you know, and it, it's it's not like there isn't an audience for that because like bland like like a group like Black Hand Path. That's what they do for an entire fucking album, or like even like um, you know maybe not a great example, but like uh, like a one of those SoundCloud rappers like Scarlord who just like full on just screams for his entire yes. like. And I'm, I'm not saying Scarlord <laughs> is is particularly enjoyable for me, but I'm saying that like like you know there there are other artists who are who are taking this type of abrasiveness and really running with it as opposed to just kind of limping along with it, which I feel like Clipping does in here. Um, you know, and I would also, so I'm just going to get the last couple of complaints. Um, I think that the interludes that are in this thing are completely useless. Just, they, they literally only serve to just increase the track time. Um, you know, the, the prophecy and possession, they just don't offer anything like the prophecy doesn't really isn't even a song. Really, it, it like it shouldn't even count as an interlude because like there's nothing there's nothing in it, really. Um, and then I think that just the the last track, piano burning, like it has a cool idea because I mean it's literally the sound of a piano on fire, and you can hear like the strings like you know snap sometimes, but it's just like like why do artists consistently think, you know, that 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 having like a, a non-song to end an album is a good idea. Yeah, I actually, I didn't think I was going to, I thought it was a cool idea, but I, you know, it would lose its appeal over time. I actually really, really like that song. It's really? like an oddly appealing ambient slash like, you know, field recording track. I, I, I guess it's a matter of context. Like if, if, if they were like, hey, we're doing an entire album that's like, you know, sounds of stuff being destroyed. I'd be like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, like let, let me hear that. But like, when you have a tr- you know an, an album that has nothing is safe in it, you know, and, and then you end with this, 
like I was so bored that I ended up not even finishing the track. Like just because it, like it, it just like it, you remember like at the end of uh, Around the Fur, like um, the song MX, it has like this 32 minute silence or whatever in it. And it has like one other song near the end. But like most of that, tr- most of that track, most of the 32 minutes is just silence. Like it just reminds me of that. It just feels like it's just there to like pad the album. And like I, I, I get that this out al- like a lot of this album is supposed to you know it's about creating an atmosphere, and creating a mood, but I feel like, like, if if that was the case, wouldn't you just put this this track you know wouldn't you shorten it and put it somewhere else, you know? Honestly, I, I kind of unequivocally love this song. Like I, I kind of love <laughs> it as the finale, only because you know the piano is such a. Like, I feel like the symbolism of it is pretty obvious. You know, piano is such a classic, you know, monumental instrument in the history of music and to have it, you know, literally burning. Um, I think the execution, it just, it was surprising to me how alluring it is. Like, I, I, I figured after the first time I listened to it through, I'd skip it on my subsequent listens. I've listened to it every time I've listened to this. Just because I, yeah. love, I love the string snapping. I love the, the crackling. There's something hypnotic about it. Um, I, I can get that. I just I, I don't know if this album was the right place to put it. I guess in in my opinion, uh, and just <laughs> throughout my li- like I, to be fair, I only listened to this once, and I, I really don't want to listen to it again. Um, I really didn't enjoy this, even though. Um, and I, I'm let's get into some positives now because you know bitching's at an end for me <laughs> here. But um, I think the album artwork is am- like I love the album artwork. I think it's so cool. Uh, just how minimal it is, but how just you really get an idea of what the album is about just by looking at it. That is just like it's like fucked up beyond belief, but it's also kind of brooding and not exactly in your face with that fucked upness, which I think is is more scary than you know just having some knife wielding stranger you know running after you. Um, you know, I think that I think you know. David Diggs really like his lyrics are really awesome in this in this entire album. Like I, I think the stories he manages to tell are really cool, especially uh, Club Down. I think is really cool. Um, you know, I, I think when the production is you know on its like more abrasive edge, I think it's really good. I think even Nothing Is Safe, which to be fair isn't very abrasive, but it has like that John Carpenter type of like you know feel to it. Um, I just thought it worked out really well, you know. Uh, yeah, I so like on those parts of it, I, I think they do it like a marvelous job. I just don't think it it just for me it just didn't add up to a great experience, um, and it's really just kind of like really the, the sort of the final nail in the coffin again, pun kind of not intended, <laughs> um, for for me and in, in clipping at this point. It, it's just I think it's just obvious by now that this just really isn't for me. Um, so, but I, I want to turn it over to you because you seem really positive about this thing. I really want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I feel like my, I could probably sum this up by saying, uh, and it, it kind of, I'll probably you know, get more positive from here, but it's the first clipping album that I don't really think had a lull for me, you know, on, you know, CLPPNG or, you know, the one without the vowels. I call um, it just the self-titled album. Yeah, self-titled, yeah. obviously, you know, they're trying to be, trying to be quirky, try to be cute. Don't got any vowels. Um, that had some lo- like um, 
Tonight, the song with Gangsta Boo. Oh, that's God. that is not yeah. a good song. The Alarm Clock song is not great. Um, uh, I think there are a couple of songs I think were okay. There are some fantastic songs on that. Like yeah. they they really Taking play off is, is fucking great, man. Uh, I think uh, I think work like make that work make that like that is such a clever play on like typical gangster rap, and they do, you know they do their own thing with it. I love the heaviness of Body and Blood, but there are some potholes on that. Uh, their first mid city, their first mixtape. I thought David had some just really like lazy lyricism. I think that the idea was to have like kind of ignorant gangster rap over like noise production. Like they kind of were introducing the novelty, so I got it to an extent. But there were some of his lyrics that just were not good. Uh, Splendor and Misery. I definitely um, there were just some songs I I didn't I didn't love. I think overall it's okay. Uh, the kind of the pacing and the flow of it is my favorite. This mm. all the way through, I, I just I, I I love this. I I was surprised. It took a few listens because it was kind of was to bring conversation full circle. It's one of those albums where I was like, I feel like there's more potential here, and so I kept listening to it. Um, enjoyed it every time. Just you know, I felt like there was more that I could get out of it, um, and I I love the balance of. I think they could have gone noisier, but I liked the somewhat more reserved approach in some areas where they, you know, they had some bursts of noise, but they really built an atmosphere. And my favorite, I forget what track it was, but every time it came on, I, I would kind of, you know, just click around the internet for a little bit and, and let it absorb it. But it was almost like him rapping over a really creepy, you know, kind of rundown neighborhood. And like, there's one detail where they have like, as if someone's driving by with their windows down and you can hear their song playing and then it's like it like passes by organically as if you'd hear a car passing by and like they're just little details like that in, in in this song and throughout the album where i feel like the what they do with their song craft is really interesting um yeah i mean i, I just it, it really puts me in an interesting mood I, I'm, I'm always lyrics are always tough with me like there are some that popped out along the way you know every time i listened to it that i picked up you know here and there that i thought were were cool that i hadn't heard or hadn't really processed with me the previous time but mm. i'm a big fan of this like i really want to keep listening to it um it's the first time that i genuinely don't think that there's a bad song on here um you know definitely songs i prefer, prefer more than others but there aren't any that i think are um could have been cut or i just weren't my favorites and that's a first for a clipping album for me i've always liked them i think they've always had a really interesting approach to the genre they obviously approach noise rap differently than like a death grips which i mean death grips have kind of been doing their own thing for a while now they, they were the ones who kind of they, they've always been doing their own thing but they were the ones that everyone's like hey noise rap is a thing death grips and and they kind of haven't really but been it's funny though because they're they're not even the first i mean dialogue yeah is like the I, big one but i mean even techno animal came before dialogue i'm pretty sure yeah <laughs> and, and then you have modern you know clipping uh, moody black is another great um um Another great uh, Blackie is another good one. Like there are people who are doing Black and Path. Yeah, there are people who actually do what I would truly consider noise rap. That kind of after the Death Grips, um, kind of went off on their own trajectory. People stopped yeah. caring about it. Like it was, it was, and then obviously Kanye West hopped on with Jesus, and it kind of became a a weird thing. And I feel like Clipping has just kind of consistently done their own thing. Like I felt like with the self titled. They, it was around that time, more or less. I think it was 2013, 2014. Yeah, 2014. 
that maybe they were trying to because it definitely was their most straightforward like hip-hop album like there were just some straight-up hip-hop songs on there with you know noisier ideas i like that they've kind of just continued doing their own thing really want to dive into this more i feel like there's a lot more that i could get out of it than you know i already have um hmm. but i'm a fan nice man no I'm, I'm glad you like it. i mean it's like a lot of people are really enjoying this thing um i'm just really not i i, I think maybe if clipping didn't like build themselves as like this industrial experimental rap trio uh that was always sort of pushing new grounds i think maybe i'd enjoy this a little more but it just it it feels like what clipping you know advertises themselves to be and what they actually are two completely different things and it kind of just bugs me i'm not saying that that you have to have this opinion or not this is just kind of how i see it um and just disappointing just as a big fan of of like industrial music and noise so um yeah let's talk about our last album and we're probably gonna end up spending a lot of time a little bit of time talking about this but uh the new swans album leaving meaning which i was really psyched for um you know i think this past year or so i've really gotten into swans to the point that like to be kind is one of my favorite albums of all time i'd probably say um you know and everybody was really psych- psyched for this particular album because you know of that one jira quote that everybody still can't shut up about <laughs> that you know this is a new incarnation of swans that it's sort of like a revolving door uh band now that you know jira is in charge of everything but you know he sort of gets a lot of guest musicians to work on it with him and so uh you know coming into this i wasn't sure what to expect and uh it i actually got this in the mail early but i also got the glowing man with it and so listening to those albums like in sequence was really odd uh because this is like a lot of people are talking about how this is like such a new sound for swans but it, it in a sense and is it really isn't um i think it's more like what they do with it that's different mm-hmm. um but I, I, I sort of want to turn to you before I get into my thought, my some deeper thoughts on this thing. Um, yeah, and I want to, I want to say this. I don't want to come across as a dick with what I would say, but <laughs> hopefully it won't. But I definitely agree that the new incarnation of Swans was interesting because, frankly, other than Thor Harris, who kind of became. A thing from this or at least in my eyes you know again people might say well he was actually an x y and z band i didn't think any of his band members were like super well you know like on this album for example he has you know ben frost the next like people that you're like holy shit like he they're on this yeah but like when they said new york it's not like the his band members uh like it's not like this is an extreme example but like you know james hetfield you know making a new metallica album with totally new members you know what i mean like it it wasn't like one member of the band yeah. was totally taking the identity you know and, and i, I did want to sound like a dick by saying that they, their contributions don't so, matter yeah i i think it's i think people have been misinterpreting this you know this little fragment of what jerry was saying mm-hmm. honestly because i think they're looking at it more like oh so there won't be a regular swans lineup and 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 like the thought is more like no, it's it's more like when he's working in the studio, 
that you know there's it, it's more i don't want to say like a democratic process but it's more that, that like there are more minds coming together with it and there's less um structure when it comes to like defining what is swans or like who makes up swans when it comes to the studio work yeah so. exactly and again what i meant by don't want to be a dick is i don't want to say like you know, like who cares about those people? They're like nameless, faceless ghouls. Like, no, it's, I, it's, I, 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 I get what you mean. Yeah, it's not like a ghost situation where literally, like, their their faces are covered and their input doesn't matter. Like, they helped create, you know, three it, inc- incredible. Jared, Jared does a great job of you know giving all those people you know contribution. Oh, for sure. So. Yeah, exactly. And they helped contribute to three you know fantastic albums. Um, yeah. That. Um, you know, I know my favorite is the series. Your favorite is To Be Kind. Uh, yeah. You know, Glowing Man is also great. Glowing um, Man is really good. I, I, you know, this is probably, this is actually the second time I listened to it uh, when I just got it. You know, I really enjoy it. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's definitely a lot different from the other two albums in like this sort of trilogy. But yeah, you know. but l- 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 let's talk about Leaving Meaning, though, because this is a little different. This is much shorter than any other album of the past three this is their shortest album since uh my father will guide me up a rope to the sky and um i i think where i'll start is i really liked that honestly like i i like the grandiosity of the seer um obviously you know as well as the other albums in the trilogy yeah i kind of liked how i don't want to use the word we're using the word accessible is kind of funny because obviously this isn't this... exactly yeah, I'm. I'm actually. You bring up a good word though that I'm gonna. We'll talk about that in a second though. Uh, well, but yeah, like the the just you can. I was able to listen to this multiple times and like I've never listened to any of the albums in the trilogy consecutive lists. I just haven't because yeah, they're so oh, long yeah. that it's like I I have I have a life. You know, I have I have I have other music I want to listen to. Um, yeah. So I, I, I will say though that like you know as someone who you know, is a very impatient music listener at times. Uh, I find, you know, those longer Swans albums to be really captivating and just incredibly, you know, uh, staying, despite the fact that most of them are over two hours. Oh, so, sure. But, like, in, I would never, yeah. like, I never finished the serum. Like, all right, time to go back to disc one. Like, no, yeah. like, but I, 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 I actually... I almost wanted to do that with To Be Kind before, but... But but, but the, the, fir- <laughs> me. the first time that I uh, listened to leaving meaning i immediately put it on again just because yeah it, it was short and it's still not i mean it's shorter i think it's what like an hour and a half or so it's, it's about an hour and a half yeah so yeah. like it's not i'm not talking like it's a half hour like you know super easy to to spin it you know three times or like you know twice in an hour no problem but still like i liked that aspect of it and then the music on it i mean it's great you know, there are the, the couple of tracks with the necks. I forget. Um, uh, which... It was just the nub. I thought the there necks. were two. Okay. Well, regardless, Maybe, but I, the, the the nub features them the most prominently. Yeah, from there what was. I, hear. I thought I read in the liner notes there were a couple of songs, but regardless, definitely that song. And there might have been another one. You could totally feel the you know their contributions um, to that track, and then he built upon it. And I think that yeah. was the best example of. Um, because it definitely felt more collaborative than last albums. You know, there were a, a couple of different uh, female singers. I think his wife and another yep, and, uh, Anna von Hauswolf shows yes, up. Yes, yes, well. that was another. So, that was another big name I was excited for before yeah. this track, or before this uh, album dropped. Um, and it definitely felt 
Um, it felt more collaborative. It, it felt... It kind of continued the quote-unquote brightness of the glowing man i felt like the glowing man was yeah the brighter of the three albums but definitely not i as... don't even know if, if brightness would be the right word it, yeah for i can't me, think anyway. of like i i would say like stripped back because like i think that there are parts of you know some of those other you know albums like i mean oxygen is probably the biggest one for me that like you know you get a lot of you get a lot of extra instrumentation Mm-hmm. Whereas this feels like it's very, it's, uh, actually I wrote this down. Um, it's a, the songwriting here is hypnotic that it, but it trades the sharpened teeth of previous efforts for a much more subtle approach. Yeah. So I guess I think that's subtle a maybe it. is the better, better, best word to use. Um, yeah, no, it's, I'm, it's definitely, it definitely feels more like the glowing man than, any other i if, if anything it this reminded me a lot of uh white light um just mostly because i came out of this the first time and i as i was thinking about it more and i'm like this could be the worst swans album i've ever heard <laughs> was was legitimately my thought on this thing and i'm like how can that even be like you know i enjoyed the burning world like <laughs> Like, how is this even possible? And so I ended up listening to it a couple more times. I've probably listened to it four or five times so far. And it's really growing on me. I think it's just, th- this could honestly be the most difficult Swans album I've heard. And I mean, I, really? I've listened to all of, all of their albums. But yeah, th- this, well, because like, so I, I think, and this is where we're going to go into sort of this album's fault a little bit. I, I feel like this album, this album doesn't feel like a, a cohesive experience. Or at least as much as like the seer did, or as you know, to be kind did, or even the glowing man, you know, or you know, any other Swans album. Like it feels like each of those albums, even like the parts in like soundtracks for the blind that they that they took from like live sessions. Um, you know, I felt like overall, like the album just you know, it it feels very cohesive. It feels like one track goes into the other. That there's a lot of thought put into it. Uh, whereas with this, like it felt more like a collection of songs. And admittedly, very, very good songs that were very, very, you know, um, interesting to listen to. But it just didn't feel like that there was a lot of flow between them, I guess. Um, that, and I think, uh, I would also say that Jir's vocals sort of, get, I, they, they, they get a bit tiring after a while. Like, it feels like he doesn't really switch it up vocally a whole lot. I can see that, yeah. Um, you know, like, as opposed to, like, you know, uh, I, my, my first thought was immediately, um, just a boy for Chester Burnett, uh, where he's just like, you know, he, he, he gets to some really weird places, you know, I'm just a, just a little boy, you know, like that, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I felt, but, but I would also, and my, my, literally, this is my only other, uh, con basically with this album is that, uh, this the track what is this kind of the the chord change kind of reminds me of like a graduation song almost <laughs> like i i I'll know we listen to it with that mindset because that's really funny well i i don't know what other words to do, how to describe it, but it has like this sort of sentimentality that really kind of feels off for a swans album but that isn't to say that the track isn't interesting because there are a lot of like you know they it uses a lot of strings uh as opposed to like guitar in it and i just felt like that that change up was really cool 
Um, but honestly, aside from that, I, I thought this was amazing. It, like this thing really grew on me really quick. Even though I find it to still be really difficult, um, I still it's like each time sort of brings me a little more. And just um, there's some tracks that I really like. Amnesia is probably my favorite track off of this thing. It, actually, I don't know if you got this, but it, there are parts of Amnesia that reminded me of um, uh, that Velvet Underground track, Venus and Furs. <laughs> a little um, bit. I probably have to re-listen to both. But yeah, I could, I could, I mean, I've, I've always felt that some of the more rock oriented tracks on well, this iteration it, 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 of Swan. It wasn't really rock oriented though. That, that's the thing. It was, it, it just, but it had like this sort of beat to it that sort of reminded me of sort of that, that jumping beat that you get in Venus and Furs a little bit and sort of just the, sort of how it, it had like this like Eastern type of feel to it as well yeah i meant more like the non um, like the non-industrial like like the, the they obviously they uh, have like more of an industrial no wave era they have like a folksy era i feel like yeah, the, yeah. the stuff that's more rock leaning i've always gotten vibes from the velvet you know various points in velvet underground's career yeah um you know that's going that. back a number of albums you know, oh yeah um, yeah. um no I, I can definitely say but, that, but yeah i, I this was great. So yeah, and I totally get like the way that the seer uh, flows. Even though each track has its own identity, the way that it flows is is pretty immaculate. Like it just yeah, it's, exactly. it's enthralling. Even though it flows into like a a twenty minute like like almost half hour song, uh, like that just really uh, it just really captivates me the entire way. Like how well it's structured. I totally get what you're talking about. That this just felt like a lot of uh, great songs played you know you know kind of stacked consecutively like there mm. really wasn't much of a it there didn't feel like much of a narrative because that, that that's kind of a great point like soundtracks for the blind like it does feel like different segments of like a fucked up art house movie yeah like even though they're totally different sonically it flows in a way that you you can kind of in some ways picture like the what's unfolding this did feel like a a compilation of sorts but i i still think it's great like yeah, i it's fucking fucking great man there wasn't a moment where i was like you know i don't like this track or whatever i, I honestly can't think of a track i disliked um i liked all of the uh, different directions the different contributions even when i couldn't like specifically pick out who was who i think the net just because of my you know previous you know prior fandom with the next i, I could yeah. pick like i mean i'm immediately knew which track was was theirs and i, th I think there might have been another one but what, what, when i looked up the track listing actually when i looked up the personnel just to see where the next were on this thing i and i was actually listening to the nub at the time i'm like oh okay i totally hear it now yeah exactly yeah, yeah they just have they have such a signature style they um, really do but yeah i think that people really um over i don't want to say overreacted but this wasn't. Uh, I guess the what was the word he used again? Like reinvention or like a different iteration? Yeah, it's it's Swan. not like that reincarnation. Yeah, like I think I think people genuinely expected like something extraordinarily different than what happened before. Like he but was. Some people think this is extraordinarily different, and I really don't agree. Like I think it's just more like like it's it's like they're using the same tools, but they're using them differently. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I didn't really yeah. want them to, um, to change it up too significantly. And, and I think that what they, uh, what Jiro's really 
done or continue to do uh you'll reinvent um you know, reinvent himself this late in his career especially after being as pro- i mean he was already really prolific before mm-hmm. he even had his resurgence you know with you know my father would guide me and it's it's been really interesting to watch uh kind of knowing what i know now because uh, obviously i didn't i didn't know about him until uh until the seer but kind of looking back and seeing how he's been able to take mostly an underground career and become as mainstream as you can be in like indie culture uh, for this style of music is, is pretty cool. And oh, yeah. I'm glad that he's continuing to create great music. I hope that that continues to continue um, for quite a while because I have yet to be disappointed with this latter half of his career. Uh, you know, there, there are some albums on you know on the the first leg of his career even my my father will guide me isn't my favorite um but i think that he's consistently since this year just put out incredible music i, I don't see any sign of him slowing down and i'm, I'm glad that's the case I, i've yet to listen to an album of of his that has that it, that i've like legitimately thought like this is a bad album except for like yeah. what, the first time i listened to this thing but i mean again that that just needed room to grow like people point at like the burning world is like their weakest effort and i i don't know like i i guess it's weak compared to all the other albums but if you just judge it on its own merits i, I think it's a great album so you know yeah I, I don't i certainly don't think any of his albums are bad. yeah i just i think there, yeah. there are some that i uh like burning world's not my favorite um yeah. I, I think on a regular basis soundtrack to the blind isn't my favorite just because it's so different and so it's like pretty out there mm. um i, I think kind of that great annihilator type of sound is the one i listen to most often just the the you know from the seer on just the kind of like weird like odd yes yeah, so almost like post-punk yeah like the, the off-kilter mm-hmm. post-punk which is you know for lack of a better word um is my favorite iteration of, of what he's done and yeah. it's i mean i'm glad that i i blind purchased i mean i probably would have come around or not come around i probably would have discovered swans eventually but just buying this year just because you know off of um the initial reception i'm really glad i did that because i'm glad you did too so (laughs) um i think before we just close this up i just want to shout out um the tracks uh it's coming it's real uh with like those gospel sort of influences on it um i thought that was a really cool track i mean all the tracks were really cool but that was one that stuck out to me on my most recent listen, as well as um, my Phantom Limb, the closing track, which is one of the creepiest songs I think they've ever written. Uh, just so like just how those like like those spoken word vocals bleed into each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just like it was it was really like some of the stuff he was saying, like you know uh i'm your sister i'm your sister <laughs> you know like <laughs> i was like what the fuck is guys like it's almost like that um you remember that line i, th- I think it's in uh the powers that be that like i i i'm the coat hanger in your man's vagina <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like it, it has like that sort of like disturbing absurdity and i i love it like yeah. I, I like yeah like phantom limb was well, my phantom limb was a great track a great way to close the album so uh, yeah, great album. Definitely one of my albums of the year. Uh, maybe not my favorite Swans album, but still extremely good. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that that 
clears up uh, all of our reviews today. So let's just talk about uh, albums of the week very briefly. Uh, Scoots, what you got for me this week? So <laughs> for the f- other than the albums we reviewed, I li- you know albums of the week can be whatever we want, right? I, I'm yeah. not I'm not gonna say this is a. I think this album is phenomenal. I, I mean, I, I picked I picked Shoo Shoo. Uh, you know when we did the Shoo Shoo review. That's my album of the week, so you know, no but, holds barred, bro. <laughs> no, but there's there's one album I listened to that caught me off guard, and I'm this is not an endorsement, and I wouldn't even say this is a good album, but I think it's fascinating, um, and I can't believe I'm shutting out this artist, but Jesus is King, Kanye West, Jesus is King, Jesus fucking Christ, Scott, what you okay? I- explain yourself. <laughs> The, I am the one thing. I, what I'm really surprised about is that people are surprised, but because you know, you can't call Kanye anything except a man of his word. He said he was going to release a Christian rap album, and goddamn, you know, goddamn, he, if he didn't do that, <laughs> with all the Chick Fil A references and everything. <laughs> I mean, the lyrics are corny. They're cornier than a Chance the Rapper album. Um, it's it is exactly what he said he was going to do. It's about his relationship with Jesus and God, and it's super religious and it's super corny, but it brings back his gospel focus. I thought that the gospel samples and the that kind of uh, approach he took to production back in the day was always his best style of production. He's not talking about himself. Like if he's talking about himself, it's about his you know his relationship and his faith, you know, relationship with God and his faith. Um, it's like his most humble album in a long time, probably ever. <laughs> it's super short and inconsequential. I just, I, I, I can't say I'm a fan of this as more as I'm fascinated by it, because, good God, like, if you went back in time and told someone, hey, in 2019, Kanye West is going to release a Christian rap album that has a guest feature from Kenny G. Uh, I wait, mean, wait, like, K- Kenny G's on this album. You know what's funny? Is not only is Kenny G on this album, he's featured on the same track that Clips features on. Clips featuring Pusha T. Um, you know, like that that you know oh, famous two thousands rap what duo. What the hell? It's the it's like it feels like the best troll of all time. <laughs> that like <sighs> Clips and Kenny G are featured on a Kanye West album where he, he dips his he like he doesn't even dip his toe and he dives into like the holy water of Christian rap. Uh, oh I just think God, it's, it's 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 just a fascinating. So it's like I, I'm I'm literally I'm I'm putting an asterisk <laughs> after this no, in the go, tweet. Go ahead. Like, yeah. I'm I'm not endorsing I mean I, I enjoyed this from a sonic perspective because I like the sound of gospel music and of you know soulful hip hop production. Yeah, but what, what what do you want me to put as a not an endorsement by Scott? He's yeah, merely intrigued an, by it. Not an endorsement, more of an intriguement <laughs> or whatever you want yeah. to put it. And I think something that's funny is people or I haven't watched the Neil Drops review yet, but one of the I, lines, I, I, I has it come out? Yeah. yeah, he released Did it before I? this one. He talks about his, okay. like, um, Kanye's egoism on this album. And I've heard a few, like, I watched the Dead End Hip Hop guys review this and some other people talk about it. I, I think that this is kind of just how a lot of Christians talk. Like, it's about, he talks about his relationship with, with God and Jesus and whatnot and how important that is to him. That's kind of, it's not really that weird for the Christian community. And I don't even mean that in a negative way. Like, I feel like people don't know how to respond to this and i think that's what's fascinating me so much is that <laughs> he's just been doing his own thing and being so esoteric and just 
you know off the walls for so long that like when he follows through with something that's like a pretty benign you know corny iteration of of rap music people like just their minds explode like he's not he's not talking about wanting to fuck taylor swift he's not talking about bleached assholes he's not you know like rapping over weird that that was an important layer i mean it 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 stained his t-shirt man (laughs) (laughs) like all of all the crazy things he's done one of the most like normal you know like safe uh american traditions he like I don't know. I, I think it's fascinating. It's one of the most fascinating yeah. albums of the list all year. Not not great, severely flawed, but fascinating. Also, well, what's up with like hip hop doesn't can't decide what it wants to do anymore. Like you have <laughs> you have artists releasing extraordinarily short albums and then other artists releasing like these mega monstrous stream trolling projects. Like there's no in between these days. It, how long is Jesus is King? It's twenty seven minutes. Like yeah, I mean, barely the, the, any of the songs were. That's pretty much three. been on par with his late, like with his output. That's what I'm saying. Late. And there are a few other artists like uh, that have done that. You know, I think Pusha T's new album, which actually was Kanye involved, so maybe that's not yeah. a good example. But it feels like like all the big hip hop releases recently have either been way too long or way too short. Because um, honestly, yeah. most of these most of these songs kind of feel like throwaways because they're less than three minutes long. They don't really go anywhere. They just kind of are like, hey, here are my ideas. Um, so that's my very long justification for picking that album. But I, I just, I, when I was looking I'm, back at the albums I listened to most, besides the albums we reviewed, I listened to this ton, partially because it was so short and so easy to stream over and over again. But there you go. <laughs> I, I just, I, I mean, I'm glad you, you took the time to explain it because I'm like, what? Like, I, did, this came out of fucking nowhere for me. Like, I had no idea that, that this is going to be. Sh- I, I thought you were going to talk about like. Oh, I, I don't know, like some some upcoming new album that's like really good or something like that. No. Like, I mean, to be fair, n- n- nobody expected Jesus King to even come out. So yeah, he um, delivered it. Actually, no, I think he was late by a week, or I think the first time he said he was going to release it, it didn't actually come out, and then this time it actually he dropped it. But yeah. It, anyway, so uh, my album of the week is surprisingly not similar at all. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's a you know college dropout by Kanye. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. Um, no, I know. Of I was going to say one yeah. of the sheer no. odds. Um, I, this is like the complete opposite of anything that we've probably had for an album of the week for a while now. Um, this is so the group is called the Imperial Court Ensemble, which. It's. I mean, if that doesn't tell you right away, it's it's a world music type of album. Even though I've, I, I don't personally like that label. Um, anyway, so uh, the album is called Gagaku, Ancient Japanese Court and Dance Music, which is uh you know very uh you know self explanatory because Gagaku is literally ancient Japanese court and dance music. <laughs> it's a very interesting, um, you know Asian music uh and i've listened to this thing before and i wasn't really impressed with it like it really didn't interest me but um as of late i've been trying to do this thing of just once a day just listen to an album i haven't listened to before or something Mm -hmm. that i haven't really given a chance yet um and so i put this on the other day and i was this thing really surprised me because i think it's and I, I think for me, this sort of unlocked the key for uh, a lot of folk music, actually. 
uh, or at least what I mean, like, like you know, uh, world folk music. Um, because what you hear in this album on a structural level, it's very, it's almost identical song to song, but you have to look inwards and sort of think like, like let's really listen to the players in it and sort of, and what they're doing and how they're interacting with each other. And this whole, it's almost like listening to a new album in a way. It just sort of opens up. Um, and like, that's always been my biggest complaint about a lot of like world music and like indigenous folk music is that it, not that it sounds the same person because they like, like technically they, they're all very different sounding, but just on a structural level, they, it feels like they never really vary. Like I remember I bought um, a copy of uh, Ravi Shankar's um, Sounds of India um, a while ago. And I was really disappointed by that because it just felt like every track was the same. And, like, technically it is because, you know, like, I, th- I think he was just playing ragas in that. Uh-huh. And, you know, and ragas are technically, like, very similar structurally. But it's all about the actual presentation of it. It's about the performance of it. Um, and so, you know, it really just sort of helped me, like, th- this album really helped me sort of look beyond um, sort of, the west like the western point of view i guess of music and sort of see how other how some other cultures see it and i'm not i'm not trying to do some sort of like woke holier than thou thing um i i'm not saying that that i understand all music or anything like that i i just this album opened up an experience that i wasn't even aware of so uh yeah just shouting it out i think it's really worth listening to so yeah. Not only do I appreciate that explanation, I think that's a really cool pick. I am so glad that was your pick this week and that my pick was my pick this week. I, th- I think that truly is like the largest gap in, in, in our I, I, I'm going to have to try to get weirder because like I, I'm trying to think of like what would be more opposite. Um, like 60 Minutes of Silence? I don't know. But yeah. Like, yeah I, I listened to John Cage's 433 for, <laughs> for 12 uh, times. <laughs> encountered that oh man anyway okay so uh this has been our episode this week thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week bye bye thanks for listening guys and uh if you're interested uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that, uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishira Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Seishira Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.